exile from the citadel of thought for daring to speak the truth. Shun for the crime of thinking freely. Cancelled for not being woke. Yet truth will not be silent. And now, broadcasting from a rebel bunker somewhere deep in the backcountry, The Professor. Alright, good day everyone and welcome to The Patriotic Professor where we explore the impact of radical left ideology on our systems of education, our freedoms, and our future. I'm your host, The Professor. In the last episode, we began to have a look at Western education and its moral decline from an institution of progress towards one of degeneracy, a decline that is due, in large part, to the slow but steady influence of postmodernist thought. Like an elusive and invasive species, postmodernist thought falsely positioned itself at the top of the academic food chain with no natural predators. After all, how do you argue with an ideology that does not believe in truth? That's right. Within the cult of postmodernist thought, absolute and universal truth does not exist. It's a myth a fantasy, a legend of long ago. Instead, truth to a postmodernist is always contingent on historical and social context. It can never be absolute, universal, undeniable, but rather is always partial. Now, call me simple. Call me old-fashioned. I'm just a humble itinerant educator. But I was raised to believe in truth and honesty and that to tell a partial truth was just as bad, if not worse, than telling an outright lie. For you see, with a lie, your goal is to deceive someone else. But with a partial truth, you are not only attempting to deceive another, you are attempting to deceive yourself. And that, well, that corrupts our morality from within. For if we cannot be truthful with ourselves, Postmodernism provided an outlet for the lazy academic. No longer would one have to strive to continue to debate and to prove their findings. Rather, everything is relative. Relative to the time. Relative to the context. Relative to the place. Relative to the culture. Relative to the bias of the observer. And on and on and on. It turned its back on universals. Universal rights? Nah, non-existent. Universal truth? Eh, no such thing. It has even reached the point that mathematics, the most truthful and concrete of a discipline, is under attack. Our own version of Orwell's 1984 has arrived. And yes, 2 plus 2 equals 5. Now, Many debate when postmodernism began to firmly take hold. Regardless, though, its seeds planted in the 1960s, sprouted in the 70s, and had by the mid to late 1980s swept throughout not only institutions of education, but also art, television, film, 
design. Virtually no area of thought and potential progress was left untouched. Combined with a declining work ethic among the populace and the rise of political correctness, it had more than enough fertilizer for success. Soon it would choke out other theories and approaches that actually relied on hard work, on dedication, and study. Like addicts hitting up the corner boys for a fix, leftist liberals couldn't clamor to the cult of postmodernism fast enough, eager to jump on the bandwagon that proudly denied history, gave equal relevance and worth to all, and finally was the tool to truly stick it to the man. They published papers, dissertations. They made their way into classrooms, lecture halls, corporate boards, film, entertainment, and public offices. Through indoctrination via education, the media, the economy, and the government itself, they sought to make their rule absolute and their legacy eternal. They would remake the world in a positive, equitable, and socially just manner through the power of postmodern thought. Eh, there was just one small fly in the ointment, though. Something in the Kool-Aid just didn't sit right in the stomach. But it wasn't something new. But rather, something that the left had been dodging since day one. That specter, always just at the edge of sight. Just there enough to be noticed by a few. That specter of hypocrisy. You see, like any drug, the ideological pill of postmodernism makes the addict feel on top of the world, as if anything is possible. But also, like any drug, it has a dark side, a side of depravity, of anguish and pain, a side that any addict wholeheartedly ignores. For you see, on the surface, postmodernism may sound like utopia. No judgment, no right, no wrong. Everything is relative. All will live together in peace and harmony. But what happens when things that are relative conflict with each other? When they conflict in particular with leftist liberal ideology? For example, the left embraces ideas of gender equality, even to the point today of denying that gender actually exists. But rather, that's a discussion for another time. Anyhow, at the same time that they do this, they also speak out against what they deem as the oppressive nature of conservative Islam in relation to the treatment of women. Now, understand, I am not saying I agree at all with how some Islamic groups oppress and demean women. That is not at all what is being said here. Rather, do you see it? Do you see the inherent hypocrisy built into this leftist interpretation of postmodernism? Under the guise of postmodernism, for example, the horrific practice of female genital mutilation in parts of Africa, the Middle East, and Asia should be given validity. After all, it is all relative to context, to local culture, right? Ah, but no. Because if it can be used to serve the purpose of their point of view, then it is valid. But when it doesn't, 
they have no problem pushing their own sense of morality onto others. They want their cake and the ability to eat it too. For the last 60 years, this pot has been brewing. And alas, it has boiled over, and it is staining everything in its path. The kitchen, my friends, is a mess. It has fueled justification for the uninformed and hypocritical leftist radicalism that we are experiencing today. A leftist approach that wields the weapon of oppressive censorship, while it cloaks itself in the drapes of respect and equality. A left that values, quote-unquote, free speech, so long as that speech coincides and echoes the thoughts and perspectives of the left. A great example of this is in the rampant canceling of our great nation's past. They march and they protest, citing their right to do so, rights given them by our founding fathers. And there they are exactly right. They do have the ability to do such. But at the same time, they acknowledge and thank these founding fathers by canceling them for partaking in activities that were relative to the context of their time. They apply a modern bias ideology onto those of the past, canceling them for not adhering to contemporary thoughts. Ultimately, no one is safe. If the left deems you a sinner, it does not matter if the sin occurred today, last year, five years ago, a decade, or by one of your ancestors. There is no forgiveness. There is no understanding. There is only cancellation. Hmm. My friends, how far have we diverged? How much have we lost our way from the path? How many of us have forgotten what our Lord taught us? In John chapter 8, we are taught the lesson of casting the first stone. It says, Early in the morning he came to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and he began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commands us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to cast a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. Let anyone among you who is without sin. Christ did not deny what she had done was a sin. Rather, he asked those who would condemn her, those who would judge her, to ask themselves if they were truly without sin. Because before we judge others, we must consider ourselves and our own sins. This is something many on the left have chosen to forget or ignore. 
They apply their woke ideology and cancel culture to anyone or any institution that stands in their way. This is the result of those postmodernist seeds planted in our institutions of education and that have come to fruition. But the time is coming to weed the garden. Join us on our next episode as we expose the culture of fear many educators face today. And until then, stay strong, stay informed, stay vigilant. Deus Volt. Deus Volt.